Thank you for tuning in to the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We are one church with multiple campuses in the Elgin and Bartlett communities. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org, our church app, or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, may you be blessed by this week's message. First reading is from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesart, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into the one of the boats and belonging to Simon and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from that boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partner. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats on the shore and left everything and followed him. Second reading is from John chapter 21, verses 3 through 19. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and he says, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did that, they were unable to haul the nets in because of the large number of fish. When the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards, when they landed. They saw the fire of the burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. Now this was the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than thee? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. 
Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But now you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will address you and lead you where you do, want, do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would be glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. May God add the blessings and hearings and understanding of his word. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and our minds to your word today. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today we hear from Peter as he reflects on his own experience of the resurrection and his experience in particular of the resurrected Christ. And again, similar to last week with Mary Magdalene, what, what if we got a letter from Peter? To journey of hope in Elgin and Bartlett, grace to you and peace in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter writes to us, By now you have heard of me as one of Jesus' disciples. And not everything you've heard about me is fantastic. I am Peter, the one that Jesus at one point said, Get behind me, Satan, when I tried to tell Jesus how to do something or why to do something. I'm Peter the one that you heard sat around a fire in the high priest's courtyard and denied Jesus three times. Jesus had even told me I would do this, and at the time I said, no, never. And Jesus said that time before the cock would crow three times, I would deny him, and sure enough, I said no. And I didn't even realize in the midst of denying Jesus I was doing it. And then the cock crowed and all of a sudden I realized I had done exactly what Jesus said I would do. And I had denied him. I denied Jesus. I denied that I knew him. I denied that I followed him. I denied that I had been with him when all these people were asking me because I was scared, because I was afraid that they would do to me what they were going to do to him. I didn't know that I was even saying no until I had said no three times. I was there the night they arrested him. By some accounts, I tried to jump in and protect Jesus. I took a swing at one of the people there to arrest him. 
And then once they arrested him and we didn't know what was going to happen, a lot of us scattered, and that was the night I denied him. Some of us watched as he carried the cross. Some of us hid in the crowd because we didn't want to, we didn't want to be right out in the open because we were afraid maybe they would grab us too. Maybe our fate would become the same that we saw them doing to Jesus. I know Mary, Jesus' mother, and Mary Magdalene, who had been a follower right there with John, were at the cross while the rest of us hid and scattered. And then we saw Jesus after the resurrection. John and I ran to the tomb after Mary Magdalene told us what she We didn't see Jesus then, but we didn't have any reason not to believe her. Why would she make that up? And Jesus said he would return. And then Jesus appeared to all of us. Well, at first, all of us except for Thomas. Thomas was not with us that first time. And by then we were so caught up in the resurrection that I kind of started to forget all the ways I had failed, the times I had denied Jesus and the, the other ways that I had screwed up. And I was hopeful that maybe, maybe I'd finally get a chance to get it right. Maybe I'd finally get a chance to be a better follower, a better disciple of Jesus. And then there was that morning. There was that morning. We had been fishing all night. We'd had the boats out. We had thrown the nets in every direction we could. We had changed the boat's positions on the lake, and we just could not catch anything. Which, to some fishermen, it wouldn't bother them so much to have catchless adventure out for fish, but we needed the fish for food. We needed the fish to sell, to have the money to sustain our families and to keep the community going. We gave up and we went back to shore. Both there and So we gave it a shot again. I said, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to go out and fish. And the, and the disciples said, well, we'll go with you. And they went out, they caught nothing. And early that morning, Jesus was on the shore. We didn't, we didn't know it was Jesus. We couldn't tell. I don't know if it was because it was foggy or we were distracted or we were frustrated. It was kind of like what Mary Magdalene told us. She didn't recognize him in the garden right away by the tomb. Anyways... This man, who we didn't know at the time was Jesus, yelled, Friends, have you caught any fish? And we said, No, we haven't caught anything. And and this, I don't know, this this guy from the shore told us how to fish. This guy said, Throw your net on the right side and you'll find some. You folks today have what you call your armchair quarterbacks. Well, this was the seashore fisherman hollering at us to drop our nets again. So we thought, oh, well, it's not going to hurt anything, but what does he know? All right, fine. So we, we dropped our nets in on the right side, and all of a sudden, when we did, we had so many fish, we couldn't believe it. 
We had so many fish, we were barely able to haul in the net. And then suddenly John says, look, it's the Lord. And we looked, and this, this beachfront fisherman, who we didn't realize who it was at the time, it was Jesus. And so I had taken my outer garment off. I threw it back on. I didn't wait. They were pulling in the load. I should have stayed to help. I jumped in just to go and see the Lord. And so they brought the boat in, and they brought the fish in, and then it hit me. Have you, have you ever been anywhere where all of a sudden you, you smell something, and all of a sudden you're taken back in time to a different time and to a different place, and it's not always a good thing because as soon as I got to the shore, as soon as I got near to Jesus, I could smell the scent from the fire. It was a charcoal fire. And all of a sudden, I was transported back to that charcoal fire in the courtyard of the high priest that night that I had denied Jesus just a few days before. Here I thought I had finally maybe put it behind me. Here I was finally looking forward. Here we were in the midst of this resurrection that we still didn't fully understand. And yet in a moment, because I took a whiff and I smelled that charcoal fire, I was right back to being the schmuck failed disciple that I had been that night in the high priest's courtyard when I denied Jesus. I didn't know what else to do, so I went back to the boat and helped to drag the net ashore. It was full of fish. We counted just for fun. It was 153 fish. Should have ripped the net to shreds, and yet it didn't. And Jesus said, come and have breakfast. I didn't want to get close to that fire. I couldn't stand to smell that charcoal fire because it just reminded me again and again of how I had failed Jesus, how I had denied Jesus, and how how could I be his disciple, his, his follower? How could I be one to tell others about him when I had gotten so much wrong? But I went. I went by the fire, and Jesus gave us fish and gave us bread, and as we were kind of finishing our meal and just kind of sitting there with Jesus, amazed to be in his presence again, Jesus looked at me and said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And I said, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And I just kind of looked at him. I didn't completely understand what he meant. And then he said it again, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And I said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And we'd, we'd heard him talk about being a good shepherd. We'd heard, about him, we'd heard him talk about his followers as sheep. But that was the second time in just a few minutes he asked me if I loved him. And then all of a sudden a third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And I was kind of, well, I didn't know how to feel. I was kind of mad and I hurt. And then I kind of leaned on my failures again thinking, well, of course he has to ask me again. I denied him three times. Why not ask me three times if I love him? Lord, you know all things, I told him. And I said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. 
feed my sheep. And then all of a sudden, something, all of a sudden, something dawned on me. Jesus wasn't really questioning my love for him. He wasn't questioning my desire to serve him, to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple. He wasn't questioning my desire to tell other people about him. All of a sudden, Jesus was saying, it's okay. You are still my beloved child. You are still my disciple and my follower. And you are still going to tell people everything that I have taught you. Don't worry about what is in the past. As much as you tell me you love me, I believe you. And I know it's true. And I love you. And you are going to follow me. And you are going to serve me. And it's not going to be easy. But you are my beloved child. You are one of my beloved disciples. Just, be th- just because things haven't gone perfect up to now, just because one time, one night, three times you denied me, doesn't mean I don't still believe in you. This is the grace for which we long. In the presence of the resurrected Jesus, we are more than the sum of our past betrayals. We are more than the problems we create. The power of the resurrection is in the new life that it offers. Its power is in what it has overcome. Jesus promised me, Peter... One dime, Jesus even said, this is Peter, and he used a different translation of my name, Petros, the rock, on whom I will build my church. If Jesus can use me, someone who denied him, someone whom Jesus looked at once and said, Satan, get behind me. If Jesus can use me, There is hope in the resurrection for all of us, no matter what we carry with us. One of the things I think that many of us and many people in the world battle and fight against and struggle against, almost one of the most powerful negative voices in our lives sometimes can be our very own voice that says, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. Why would God use me? Not just because I'm a sinner. Not just because I struggle with what I can and can't accomplish. But me. Somewhere on the internet, you know, the source of all good news. um, I've seen some different little, like, quotes and things and, and one of them kind of talks about how God has used sinners in mighty and powerful ways. And it talks about some of, the, some of our favorite personalities from Scripture. 
You know, someone like David, who was an adulterer and a murderer, is used in mighty ways. Someone like Moses, other folks. And if we will just submit ourselves to God, seeking God's love and grace and mercy and forgiveness, here I am, Lord. Crazy think it is. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Please stand and join together as we sing our closing. Go in the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The love of the Father Almighty, the fellowship, the communion, and the power of the Holy Spirit this day and forevermore. Amen.